Here's the thing. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! You should be glad that I help you out. Never mess with the producer. Don't. <laughs> Just stop the recording. The, You're like, that was dumb. Take four. Because I'm the one that has to cut it out when you I say know. stupid shit. I didn't know that it was stupid. <laughs> Welcome. Hey, everybody. Welcome to How Have You Not Seen This. How have you not seen this? Oh, are you doing that again? I'm trying. Okay. It's not, it never works. How have you not seen this? It's a podcast. It's a podcast mm -hmm. where we take turns showing each other movies that the other one should have seen by now. Yep. Um, sometimes they're like childhood favorites. Sometimes they're um, weird, wonky, like, uh, I don't know, just now I'm going to have to cut myself out. No, we're good. Um, sometimes they're weird. Sometimes they're quote unquote classics. Yeah. Like today's classic uh, is one of those that, like how have you not seen this and mm -hmm. it is uh what is it it's 1976's network yes directed by Sidney lumet and written by patty chayefsky yeah yeah and starring like everyone in the 70s yep faye dunaway robert duvall peter finch yeah who does the worst american accent i've ever heard it's not it's great terrible it's not great it's terrible i didn't look it up because you told me not to but mm -hmm. i guarantee goddamn tea he's british or australian a uh, combination of both ba-boom yeah so we'll get into all that uh who so knows her accents what what she's what, dancing what? i wish she, she could knows the her accents what 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 the dance what? has mm -hmm. arm movements mm -hmm. And some feet movements. It's kind of, it's pretty great. Yeah. Listen. It's a good dance. I'm. Especially for seated. It was impressive. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yep. So. So Daniel showed this to me. Yes. Tracy had not seen this before. So it's my turn to ask, how have you not seen this? Okay. Well, Network. Network for me was one of those, uh, we all know, I, you, you heard it at the beginning, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. Mm -hmm. um, so it was like, it's like already in the, the consciousness of everybody who has ever been alive since, I don't know. It's one of those pop culture things that's like been absorbed everywhere. We all know repurposed. it. You've seen those clips in like... Those like greatest hits montages they show at like yeah. the Oscars or whatever. I'm like you've mad seen, as hell, but I'm, I'm not gonna take it. Yeah, anymore. you've seen it. For, ah. You've seen it all over the place. Yeah, and yeah. so I just kind of, um, I just kind of didn't. I just kind of didn't see it. I don't know. I mean, I, I have no excuse. Um, I broadcast news is a favorite movie of mine. A favorite favorite movie. Of great mine. movie. Super different, uh, but great, great movie. Super different, and yet mm -hmm. very. Um, it has kind of some of the same ideas and of course now having seen it uh studio 60 on the sunset strip just was like hey you know what let's not write anything let's just take network and make it into a tv show yeah and <laughs> wherever we deviate from network let's write really bad non-comedy and throw in gilbert and sullivan references oh, get. so bad that show i encourage you all to watch it is it on hulu no you can't find it anywhere like they they don't want they've you scrubbed to. it from the existence yeah. it's well Google clips on YouTube, watching the clips out of order will not make it better or worse. You'll be fine. It's an amazingly bad show. And it has such 
amazing actors in it, and it makes me angry. I'm Incredible like, I want to beat Aaron Sorkin to death with him. Bradley with- Whitford is fantastic. Amanda Peet does a wonderful job. Stephen Weber does not get enough work. Uh, Matthew Perry, of course, does a great job. Like, yes. it's a really good cast and yes. an amazing, amazing show. Failure and a, and a spectacular failure. It's so bad. Yes. It's not like watching a train wreck. It's like watching 19 train wrecks. Indeed. Hey. Did you get the pop guys back yet? No. The cue card guys? No. Did you find the bomb? No, ma'am, but I tell you what, I watch every episode and the West Wing's never been better. We've been off the air for over a year. Loved you on Chicago Hope. That was Christine Lottie. Not my night. No. But yeah, they ripped off Network to an incredible R- degree. Ripped it off. Um, so I didn't see it, and, and I kind of thought I just knew, like... I kind of thought I knew what it was about. Sure. And then uh, on Friday the 13th, with a harvest full moon, when I'm cray. Play spooky sound effects. Yeah. Yeah. I'm crazy like I get fucking crazy on a full moon my like I could does. climb out of my skin and murder someone yeah like I, I honestly think I'm a werewolf yep. um, he's like let me show you this movie that's going to irritate the hell out of you um, and be in be crazy and just bonkers and fucking depressing and 70s and thank Christ, I did not come of age in the '70s because could there have been could there have been a worse decade? Yeah, I swear to God, I don't think there's a worse decade. I mean, maybe the '30s because of the depression, but oh my God! I'm not gonna lie, the the Ugh. distaste was radiating off of you in visible waves last night Blah. watching the movie, Blah. like you were just sitting on the couch, this little this little crackling ball of. Ugh. Now, I did tell him that today, having uh, calmed down and and spent some time with it, thank you, whatever you're doing, um, I, I have a better perspective on it, and I feel like I can talk about it. Because before, cool. me talking about it was just going to be like, it sucked and I hated it. Yep. But I know that it doesn't suck. Like I, here's, here's what I told him. This is what I told him. I don't need to see this movie. I know all of this. I'm living all of this. I don't like seeing movies. This is why I don't watch The Handmaid's Tale. I don't need to see what I'm already living. That's goddamn depressing. That's not why I watch TV shows and movies. Now, that's why some people watch them. Some people like that. And that's great because we need those people. We need people. We need film critics like... Uh, Alan Cerny and Travis Lemons and Daniel Carlson. We need people like that to watch the important movies and Mm -hmm. be like, this is what our culture needs to see right now. And then we need the people like me who are like, I need to get the fuck away from this. And I need to see, uh, well, I need to see John Wick 
kill everybody sure. and and I need to see the the good guys win and and so for me for this I was like yeah I get it yeah and I it ended and I turned to him and I said I get it sure I get why it's a classic I get why it's you get what it's saying about I get what society it's saying and, and I have and I have stuff to say about it sure. that I think you know is but like I didn't need to see no. it Oh. You know, uh, it's funny. Your reaction reminded me of the reaction of some of the film critics uh, who saw Joker recently when it played festivals because oh. it's that movie has been pretty polarizing so far for well, critics. Careful, because that's our brass film. Yeah, I know, but I'm saying reactions been Don't dog on polarizing. Um, <laughs> film critic Scott Tobias um, was writing about his reaction to Joker and his reaction to the prizes it got at Venice, and he said. Uh, his attitude is more like Pee Wee Herman's quote, I don't have to see it, Dottie. I lived it. So for some critics, they are not as, you know, responding to Joker because they're like, it's a mirror up to like the crap I'm dealing with already every day. And like, so like, yep, I get what this is saying. I'm not denying the quality or necessarily the artistry, but like at the same time, I mean, I'm already well acquainted with what's going on. Right. So your reaction reminded me of some of the reaction people are having to that in a similar way because you turned to me and said, Obviously, I get why it's a classic and it's very well made, and I get what it's saying about media and culture. I get the satire and the humor. I get the edge, but you know what? What's the big deal? Like, I'm well, no, familiar so with this. when I when I think about this coming out in 1976, I think, holy shit! Like this would blow everybody's minds. It would make everybody think. It would um, not change a thing because we are as they, they kept talking about the tube, we are addicted to, we were addicted to the tube. Still mm-hmm. are, I mean, but now it's the internet. Um, and then I thought, but wait, this isn't any different with the radio. The radio was exactly the same thing. It's where everybody got everything. They were addicted to the radio. And and they, they also, um, they could be just as, um, uh, they could be driven to hysteria just like with uh, the television or the internet. Think about War of the Worlds. Mm-hmm. Like, people thought that was real. And it's because humanity is pretty fucking weak and we need to be led. We crave, we crave someone telling us what to do. It's really kind of sad. There's uh, we have like an authoritarian streak we don't realize. We do. Loki. I'm gonna mm-hmm. I'm gonna quote an Avengers movie. I'm gonna quote the Avengers movie. Avengers. Uh, Loki talks about how humanity craves uh, um, a leader, and unfortunately, as you can see in our current like presidency and stuff, look who we elected, and and you know you go back in history and look at the horrible dictators and stuff people crave that for some reason right. and and then there are those of us that fight against it and thank god for that but uh i totally got the whole they they crave watching this on television like i need to see this crazy man telling me all this crazy shit and that man by the way was crazy like yeah. they, he should have been mm-hmm. there was there was no i'm sorry there was n- he was crazy and it yeah. made me really sad yeah um but i just thought like let me look at my let me do a quick recap of network oh, okay. for folks who haven't seen it or who have not seen it in a while just yes. a quick quick summary not going to get into everything Basically, Network 
uh, is set at the uh, a TV network in the mid seventies, uh, the fictional I think it's Universal Broadcasting System, something like that, Union Broadcasting System, um, and it's about a their struggling ratings and their network their number new, four their network news anchor Howard Beale, played by Peter Finch, uh, of uh, British and Australian descent. Um, <laughs> he basically. Uh, because of declining ratings, he's given two more weeks on the job. They say, we're firing you. You've got two weeks left. He starts to go over the edge and lose his grip on reality, sanity, etc. Goes on the air and starts on live TV decrying against the system, you know, calling bullshit on life, things like that. And it, it makes a big ruckus. And then the programming department within the network, rather than take him off the air, decides to exploit him as what they begin calling the, quote, mad prophet of the airwaves and making him the star of a very sensationalized tabloid format news show. Um, this obviously, uh, yeah, like I said, Patty Chavsky was writing it throughout the early 70s, comes out in 1976. So at the time, it's very, very current slash ahead of its time. Uh, yes. talk, talking about the lengths people are willing to go to to numb themselves and watch degrading awful things on TV and the the degree to which they want to exploit others for ratings and money. Now then, decades later, after we've had, God, everything from Jerry Springer to Donald Trump, the internet, talk shows, all sorts of stuff that, that's been on TV and, yeah. and the world yeah. around us, it's a very familiar message. But in the mid-70s, it was very uh, attention-getting. Yes. So that's like the basic, basic well, and overview. The, the B plot is... This they're making fun of the uh, Symbionese mm -hmm. uh, uh, Liberation Army or Liberation Army, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. which who I told y'all in an earlier podcast kidnapped Patty Hearst, and they uh, I can't remember what they're called. The this is the Ecumenical, ecumenical Liberation, Army. Liberation Army. They decide uh, Faye Dunaway, who's in charge of programming, decides she wants to have a show where they just. They just follow them around, showing them like robbing banks and killing people and whatever, and that'll be their show. And they'll call it the Mao Zedong Hour. And you see the satire of lawyers sitting down in this broken down farmhouse talking to these domestic terrorists, domestic terrorists about like back ends and points, and mm. it's the most insane to me that was the most insane part i was like oh and yeah and totally something that i could see now mm -hmm. um because see that's the thing like back then i could see that being like wildly satirical shocking. and yes. edgy but now when she was like we're gonna do a, a weekly series that opens with real life footage of domestic terrorist acts and then we're gonna cut to a fictionalized backdrop i was like oh my god they would make that show Oh, they yeah, would make no. that show now. Haven't they made that show? I like, mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Facebook, think of all the things. Your Facebook feed is filled with homemade cell phone clips yep. of all sorts of horrible of things. Horrible like, it's things. Just, people being beaten and arrested. Yeah, so and, 43 years later, you're like, oh, my God, that would be a show. Yeah, you know? yeah. And, and that was the thing for me is I was just in a bad headspace last night anyway. It, it's a rough movie. And it's a rough, it's a fucking, it's it's one of Daniel's 70s movies. It's like, do you want to not see any color for over two hours and, and end up feeling like you want to 
shoot yourself in the head like Howard Beale says he's going to do, mm-hmm. then sit down and watch Network. Um, it's so good. It is very good. It's, <laughs> it's a very good movie. It's just... Oh, I mean, it's like, hey, remember how much fun Nam was? Buckle up. You're going to yeah, feel great for yeah. a couple hours. Like he announces his suicide and no one pays attention. One woman goes, hey, did he just say he was going to kill himself on yeah. live television? Mm-hmm. No one was even when Howard Beale has two weeks left to go. He gets on the air and says, hey, I've been fired. Life is dumb. Uh, I have nothing left to live for. So I'm going to kill myself on air. Tune in next week and see what happens. And it's. The point is, it's not only so shocking, but the production room isn't even paying attention because nope. it's just this product they put out with no uh, emotional attachment. They were like, eh, it's the news. Who gives a shit? So they're yep. not even listening to what he's saying to millions of Americans. Well, and the, and the network is being taken over by, this will shock you, uh, a big, huge top 12 company mm-hmm. called CCA. CCA. And they send in their... Uh, their chopping block guy uh who's played beautifully as always by robert duvall isn't he so good i mean i just oh robert duvall american legend my dad's like brilliant actor my dad will say if robert duvall's in a movie i'll watch it like i don't care what it is if robert duvall's in a movie by the way have you ever seen what's it little lions or or uh secondhand lions secondhand lions no oh my god you've got to see that movie okay is it's that with Michael so... Caine and Haley Joel Osment? Yes. Never saw it. It is. Okay, I know that some of you out there have seen it, and I know that you, like me, have sobbed your fucking eyes out and have laughed and have loved every minute of it. Robert Duvall. That's all I'm By saying. the way, the nature of my, call it neurosis, call it uh, dysfunction, is that I've never seen this movie but could instantly name the three main actors. Yeah. Well, no, that's that's excellent. That's just my problem. No, that's I was excellent. like, oh, yeah, Secondhand Lines with Michael Caine. Never saw it. No idea what it's about. No, no, but, like, no. That's I just, love it. I love it. I don't know names of family members, but that's stored in my brain. Obviously, we don't need to really. I mean, do I need to bring up the Godfather connection? No. Nope. It's there. This is our, you know what? We didn't say this. Welcome to the 12th and final episode of, the of season. season one mm-hmm. of How Have You Not Seen This? Yep. Hey everybody! Uh, where we? It's also uh, it's welcome also... to um, how many times can we reference the Godfather, and how many times can Daniel throw in references to Die Hard before I slap him in the nuts? Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> Die Hard's good though. Yeah. Let's talk about Die Hard. No. Um, it's based on a book by Roderick Thorpe. Ow! Ow! You're screaming now. Elaine's gonna run into a. I got a comment that. Look at look at that. That was a big blue spike. Yeah, that was a big blue spike. You slapped me. Well, you wouldn't stop talking about Die Hard. It's a great movie. Son of a bitch. Okay. Oh my god. Anyway, you slapped the same spot that made it worse. Yeah. Well, oh. you better stop it. Um, I loved the quote: "The American people want somebody to articulate their rage for them." Mm-hmm. I think that was Faye Dunaway, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh. We do love that, which I think is one of the reasons, uh, and I'm going to bring up my boy, I think that's one of the reasons Beto is still in the race and still talking is because he's like, he knows he's not going to win. Yeah, um, it's pretty obvious. But he's like, I the people want somebody to articulate their rage for them. Fuck you, Mr. President. Fuck these fucking guns that are made mm. for nothing but slaughter. 
no one wants to take away your revolvers, your shotguns, your, you know, I have a gun. No one wants to take those away, but you don't need an AK-47. And if you don't want to listen to this podcast anymore because I said that, bye, mm-hmm. see you never, because mm-hmm. I don't like that. I don't like that people are like, I need an AK-47. You don't. That deer certainly doesn't. Uh, <laughs> oh. Are you shooting, a, you know, a fucking yeah. charging elephant? Mm-hmm. By the way, my hell yeah was going to be that that guy, the guy that got killed by the elephant that he killed, he got crushed. But then I felt bad that he had a family. But I'm just going to say it anyway. I think that's fucking awesome. Like, yep. he deserved to get killed. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, back to the movie. So uh, I wrote down, this tells you how irritated I was. I don't get the point of this movie, which clearly I do now. But that tells you the the point of the where I was. I thought that William Holden, William Holden is in this. For those of you who don't know who I'm talking about, if you have seen Sunset Boulevard. So good. If you've seen many movies, but Sunset Boulevard is one of his like yeah. classics. And he's in. sublime in it. Mm-hmm. Um but he plays this quote unquote middle aged uh what is he the the head of He's like the head of the news division at the network. Sorry, no, at the, no, at the no, channel. No, that white haired guy's the head of the The he's president, the yeah. President. Okay, he's so the president he's the of the network. Like of... he's the head of the news division. Anyway. William Holden plays Max Schumacher. I don't know how old William Holden was when they filmed that. Can you look that up? Oh my god. Uh nineteen he was born in nineteen eighteen, so he was in his late fifties when they shot it late 60s late All, 76 he, he, minus he was almost 60 oh late 50s okay well that makes sense yeah, yeah yeah okay he looks like a man who has been through two three wars because well, he was born in 1918 living from 1918 to 1976 you lived through some times That's what I'm saying. i literally just said he looks like he's been he's lived through some wars maybe smoked every cigarette in existence oh my god he did not look good uh he looked roof yeah and uh he has looks like this, 20 years older than his actual this age torrid affair well hardly torrid i mean they didn't show anything and i was like what the fuck it was the um, 70s listen man yeah um has this affair with the most stunning Faye Dunaway, who looks like she's 20, mm-hmm. and maybe let the eyebrows grow a little bit, but she looked amazing. Amazing. And she totally seduces him, and part of me's like, hey, you could literally have anybody? What the fuck are you doing? And this is coming from a woman who super appreciates an older man. I mean, I would still just jump into Sean Connery's arms, jump into Paul McCartney's arms. I'd probably break their arms. Probably. And they'd, but They're very old. William Holden looked roof, and I did not get the attraction at all. I also did not get the point of him in this movie, and he was a major character. He did nothing. He just sat by and watched. That was what he did. He was like the... He was like the everyman who just sat there and watched everything come crashing down, burning. He even says at one point, uh, Howard Beale is perhaps my best friend in the world, and I'm not going to let you do this to him. But he does. Yeah, that's the thing. Like Earlier on in the movie, when Howard Beale is going off script and saying stuff on the air that is actually upsetting the network, they fire Max, William Holden, and then the next day have a change of heart and say, hey, we're actually going to keep this guy on the air and make a ratings play so will you stick around 
and help. And he's like, yeah, sure, I'll help. But, yeah, that's a really good observation. He doesn't do much or have much agency after that. Um, his whole story is with his home life and him leaving his wife for Faye Dunaway, which goes poorly for everybody involved. But it doesn't make any sense. Who gives a shit? Yeah, that's the thing. Like he, he, We hear about him communicating with Howard, but those communications happen off screen. They're like, hey, I heard you talked to Howard. How's he doing? Whatever, things like that. But he doesn't do much or have much effect on what's happening. I will tell you, I think his only purpose is that one scene at the very end where he tells her... Mm-hmm. Um, like what he thinks of her. Yes. If, if I can find it, I'll play it. You're one of Howard's humanoids. And if I stay with you, I'll be destroyed. Like Howard Beale was destroyed. Like Lorraine Hobbs was destroyed. Like everything that you and the institution of television touch is destroyed. You're telling incarnate Diana indifferent to suffering insensitive to joy all of life is reduced to the common rubble of banality war murder death all the same to you as bottles of beer and the daily business of life is a corrupt comedy You even shatter the sensations of time and space into split seconds and instant replays. You're madness, Diana. Virulent madness. And everything you touch dies with you. Not as long as I can feel pleasure and pain and love. And it's a happy ending. Wayward husband comes to his senses returns to his wife, with whom he's established a long and sustaining love. Heartless young woman, left alone in her arctic desolation. Music up with a swell. Final commercial. And here are a few scenes from next week's show. Yeah, it's his breakup scene with her, basically. When he's when he's leaving, you mean? Yes. Yeah, he he has a really great. I mean, it's his, a really great. He has monologue. a great kiss off scene where he tells Faye Dunaway, like, I can't be with you anymore. You you're your heartless. television incarnate. Your television incarnate, and he he's like, our script is done, and he kind of narrates it as the script happening, and then he just gets up and walks out the door, and that's his exit from the movie. It's a great moment. Yeah. He plays it so well. I feel like his entire purpose in the movie. I think the whole movie for him was just to get there Mm -hmm. because he did nothing else. He let his friend completely self-destruct and then get murdered. Yeah. And he did nothing. Yeah. And it's so upsetting. There's a degree to which the movie, like 
a lot of the movie's story holds together. Like the story actually has a really good cause and effect yes. and it plays through. But there are uh, several aspects of the story that are more um, expositional and display-based. Like it's very much a showcase for actors who are just going to act really hard at each other for a while. Like it's no surprise it got nominated and won quite a few awards. It won like everything. Yeah, like it? Holden got – it won four Oscars. Um, it was nominated for for several more, for like six more. Um, so, yeah, yeah. It, it, it did pretty well. But, yeah, I think William Holden doesn't have a lot of stuff to do no. until he gives that kiss off to Faye <laughs> Dunaway. Except Faye Dunaway. hey Ahoy, ahoy. Terrible. Ooga. What? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> There's a scene where they run away. Uh, he leaves his wife and they run away to some beach. I'm assuming they're in the Hamptons or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she literally, fr- and I, I mean, I, I get the point of it. It's you get what's very, happening, yeah. A lot of this movie is is them hitting you over the head with a sledgehammer. It is on the nose. And you're like, oh my God, I'm exhausted. Could you not? Could we have a little bit of, could you play coy a bit? I mean, mm. this is like a girl just walking up to a guy and stripping her clothes off. Come on, man. Anyway, she's talking about uh, her TV schedule or her programming and she literally does not stop talking from the second they get there all through dinner all through this all through that him undressing her them getting into bed them having sex she's still talking about it she uh finishes and lies down on him and is still talking about it yeah and I'm like, please tell me why you are with this fucking monster. Who, don't get me wrong, I love Faye Dunaway. But she plays a monster in this movie. Yeah. Just an absolute mm-hmm. soulless creature who is fully aware of who she is. Right. And she, did, and she plays it well. She won Best Actress for it. And she even tells him ahead of time. She's like, this is who I am, but mm-hmm. you and I are going to hit it. And he's like, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, and he's like, why do I get the feeling I'm being made right now? Like, you know, like you're putting one over on me. Like, you're calling the shots and manipulating me. And she's like, because I am. Yeah. And he just goes with it. Men are weak. We're very stupid. Weak. We're very stupid people. And yet you run the world. I do not understand this. Melania, if you're listening. Oh, she listens. You have the power, woman. You are a gorgeous, I'm going to say intelligent woman, giving you the benefit of the doubt. Maybe she's canny. What I want is for you to use what you've got and and get us the hell out of this yeah you've got it man watch network thanks melania thanks melania you hang in there be tough and try to always be on top because i really don't want you to get crushed oh god anyway you were saying (sighs) i need a moment to get that image out of my head yeah that's right i need to We are ending the season in, like, the grossest way possible. Your choice of movie, not mine. I do blame myself. Anyway, so, uh, so that's, so those are your reactions kind of to Network. Uh, I loved, um, Ned Beatty. Oh my god, he's so good. I loved Ned Beatty. Ned Um, Beatty's an amazing actor and does not get the credit, I think, today that he should. I'll tell you why, because everyone is fucking terrified of Deliverance. I actually just saw Deliverance for the first time a few months ago. It's great. Oh. It's so good. Deliverance, I I, oh, uh, so I don't know if I'll ever get over Deliverance. It it's upset so good. me so much. 
it upset yeah. me so much. And and I think that honestly, mm-hmm. I think people think of Ned Beatty and they think of Deliverance and they just shudder. They're like, no, 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 right. no, 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 Ned Beatty. I, I think of I think of things when I think of Ned Beatty. Right. Um, or they think of him in like more cartoony supporting roles, like in Superman or something. Sure. You know? I don't, but, but that's he's okay. a great actor. But he plays the head of CCA, like the head of the whole Mr. big Arthur company. Jensen. Yes, and he delivers this. Um, he knows that Holden is not Holden. He knows that uh, Howard, Howard Beale. Beale is sick. Everybody knows yeah. he's sick, and so he plays on that. And he makes he takes him into this dark room, just lit by candle, lit by chandelier, and he proceeds to just deliver this um, uh, fire and brimstone speech to him because he wants Howard to not give. He wants Howard to not fuck the company over by telling everybody they're being bought by the Saudis, mm-hmm. and uh, he wants Howard to preach for him, basically. Yeah. Not basically, exactly. Yeah. Um, and he says. There is no America. There is no democracy. And I was like, well, yeah, it's, that's pretty much yeah. the same as it is now. We are, the whole world is, there are no more countries. There is no more government. It's just money. That's all it is. And you know what? That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. And that is what we are living right now. There is yeah. no, there are no countries. I think it's really cute that we have these elections and stuff and we're like, we have control. No, you don't. I'm not saying don't get out there and stomp for your candidate. Please do. Maybe we can take it back. But as far as I feel right now, the companies have all the control and the only way that you can speak out is with your money. So if you don't like a company, don't spend your money with them. Yeah. Yeah. The, the first level of Howard Beals, I'm going to tell you the truth is saying, Hey, uh, we're just putting out this dumb, mean product to narcotize you. I want you to go to your windows, open up, say, I'm mad as hell. I'm not going to take it anymore. I'm a human being, blah, blah, blah. And he starts to reveal on air the larger machinations behind the the buyouts that are happening between CCA and the network and the money that they're dealing with with the Saudis overseas. And so then Mr. Jensen, Ned Beatty, calls Howard Beale into his office to deliver a speech to him. By the way, Ned Beatty shot for one day. He had one night to memorize the four-page monologue. Wow. Comes in, destroys it. I encourage you... Did he get nominated? He should have. Uh, he... Let's see if he got nominated. Because that's one of those... I know that sometimes people get nominated for like... Yeah, he was nominated for supporting actor. Okay, good. Because yeah, that thing. was totally deserved. So um, we'll try we'll try and cut in like a clip of the, um, the monologue for a little bit. If I can if find can it. Find, you, you can because I've watched it a lot. Oh, okay, good. You are an old man who thinks in terms of nations and peoples. There are no nations. There are no peoples. There are no Russians. There are no Arabs. There are no third worlds. There is no West. There is only one holistic system of systems. One vast and immane, interwoven, interacting, multivariate, multinational dominion of dollars. Petrodollars, electrodollars, multi-dollars, Reichmarks, rims, rubles, pounds, and shekels. It is the international system of currency which determines the totality of life on this planet. That is the natural order of things today. That is the atomic and subatomic 
and galactic structure of things today. Yeah, so uh, it's an amazing monologue. He comes in and he basically says, hey, you dummy, there is no West. There is no democracy. There's just the companies that work together. He's like, what do you think the Russians talk about when they have their meetings? Do you think the Russians talk about Karl Marx at their meetings? No, they get out their spreadsheets and their calculators and they look at their, their profit margins the same way we do. He's like, you've got yeah. to just, so he's like, I want you to get on TV and start preaching that message. And he does this, I think, to a large degree to play him and uh, he, because Jensen doesn't care what the ratings are because the network itself is concerned about like this rating success of Howard Beale, the money they can make off him. Jensen is like big, big, big picture. He's like, Howard Beale is a part of the TV network, which is a part of the thing that I do, which is a part of the bigger thing. Like I have much larger concerns so I don't care what you say or what you do. I'm happy to have you go on TV and preach, as Faye Dunaway calls, like, you know, this depression demoralizing monologue that people aren't as excited to see or tune in for because it's still going to get my message out there. And my message is there is no real control other than who has the most money. Right. And he, Ned Beatty delivers this wonderful monologue. It's shot amazingly. Uh, Howard Beale is at one end of a very long conference table that's lit just by, like, chandeliers and those little green bankers lamps Ned Beatty's at the other end waving his arms like a preacher preaching at him it cuts between Beale and Ned Beatty and every now and then it'll cut in a little closer on Beatty and then it follows him as he walks down the table in and out of light and shadow it is so gorgeously lit and so well done um, I cannot say enough good things about the way this movie's actually produced the director of photography was a man named Owen Roisman who has received five Academy Award nominations for Best Cinematography, including nominated for this. He also shot The French Connection and The Exorcist. Love, love The French Connection. I, I, I mean, I, I, The Exorcist is one of the scariest movies I've ever seen. I don't want to say I love it, right. but like... But you can see kind of... But like, it's fucking amazing. He also shot Three Days of the Condor, which is another brilliant movie from 1975. But you can see that, like, they, they really just want to like play around with light and especially toward the beginning and some key scenes but they no use color. minimal light. It's very washed out. It's the 70s. It's a beige time to be alive. <sighs> so anyway, so uh, Ned Beatty does an amazing job. Yes. Like, that's the thing. Like uh, This movie is a combination of, like I said, you know, plot continuation and then these big tent pole moments of like, we're going to let somebody just Chew go. it up. Ned Beatty gets to just deliver a, a fire and brimstone speech. Bill Holden, who gets a bunch of great lines throughout, gets this amazing monologue where he breaks up with Faye Dunaway. Uh, Peter Finch's Howard Beale is given a ton of amazing monologues about society, culture, TV, things like that. Like, mm -hmm. there's a lot of speechifying. Yeah. Uh, and it can yeah. play really well, but it can also play kind of um, grating, depending on your mood or some way that some of the characters just deliver it. Some of them I don't even like that much, you know? Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it is, again, like I said, it is, uh, um, an amazing movie and and if you are in a 76 mindset if i put myself in 1976 uh then i could see myself seeing this movie and just never like just talking about it nonstop. Mm -hmm. just uh, holy shit how this has blown my mind uh but now seeing it i'm like yeah like yeah, yeah. we we hell, i know that don't you know that we all know this. Yep. We're all, hi, you're listening to a podcast. Like you're, mm -hmm. 
this is where we get everything yeah. is is the internet somebody puts we have to have snopes because our fucking mm-hmm. precious parents are like uh, I do not give Facebook uh, the right to show my phone. We're like, no, oh no, no, God, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah, it's it's really one of the things that's that I, not true. One of the reasons that I, I think it's interesting to watch movies like this um, for the first time with somebody like you or with yeah. anybody is you get to see the thing that made the cliches before they were cliches. Yes. Like, yes. I remember when I was in, I was in either high school or college, maybe college, when I saw Platoon for the first time. Oh. And my first reaction, my gut reaction was, this is so, like, overdone and cliched. And then I realized, wait a minute, no, 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 no. This is building on movies that came before it, but so many movies that came after it have ripped it off. Yeah. And just built on it and taken what it did and recycled it time and time again. Yeah. And that's why it feels familiar to me or feels overly done because I'm seeing the thing that happened first. Right. Uh, after seeing all the secondary effects. Right. So it's really interesting to kind of go back and be like oh yeah this is before all that stuff you know especially watching from a 2019 mindset like you said knowing all the stuff we have on the internet all the stuff we have in politics and media and culture to see this movie from 43 years ago and think what would it have been like then an interesting parallel is that this came out in 76 two years before 1974 was when the uh the florida anchorwoman christine chubbuck committed suicide on TV. Oh my God. I never heard of that. Yeah. She, uh, she was an anchor woman, uh, in Florida and she was dealing with depression. She was either 29 or 30. She was young and, um, had a lot of issues. She would have been now probably diagnosed as bipolar. Um, and she had a morning show she's a, and she one morning, uh, said, I'm going to, I got to read some newscasts and she reads a newscast, which kind of surprised the production crew. They didn't know it was going to happen, but she'd written a script out. And then she said, now you're going to see, a new first, an attempted suicide. And she pulls out a gun and shoots herself in the head. And she she collapsed dead. Um, wow. And it, Howard Beale and this stuff, not based on her. Just a coincidence, just a parallel, just a coincidence. The story and the and Howard Beale and the characterization, Patty Chayefsky had been working on it before that. Oh. It was just a disturbing parallel. Wow. But think about the fact that like two years after that, this comes out. Right. So... I mean, yeah, like, there's a degree to which you, you really understand Faye Dunaway's character, uh, Christensen, keeps pointing out all these awful things that are happening in the news. Yeah. Like, at one point, after Howard Beale starts going on his early rants, she's flipping through the paper, and she's listing all the bad things that are happening everywhere. Yep. Like, price of oil, war, politics, Watergate, Vietnam, all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. And yet, what's on page one? Howard Beale. Yep. Uh, so people are angry and sad and looking for a way to both distract themselves from that and to focus that anger. Mm-hmm. And so Howard Beale does that for them, and they exploit Howard Beale to his detriment and their own detriment. Yeah. Um, it's a really powerful, well-made movie. And we mentioned awards earlier. It was nominated for uh, 10 awards to- total. It won four. It won for Best Actor, Peter Finch, uh, Best Actress, Faye Dunaway, Best Supporting Actress, Beatrice Strait, who plays Bill Holden's wife that he leaves. Ah, and those of you who don't have not seen this movie and have seen one of my favorite movies, Poltergeist, would know her as the doctor who comes in and helps mm-hmm. them. Not the little teeny teeny woman no, no. who I love, yeah. but the doctor who comes in to help them clear the house and yeah. who I love. Yeah, Beatrice Strait won one. Now then, by the way, uh, her performance as Louise Schumacher occupied only five minutes and two seconds of screen time, making it, as of 2018, the shortest performance to win an Oscar. She's so- She's great because Bill Holden, uh, 
he oh. he is selfish and self-destructive and leaves his wife for this younger woman but you get an amazing scene you don't often get he he tells his wife and she doesn't just say get out like she and him have this intense raw conversation about love and relationships and the hurt he's caused her in that moment like she does a great job yeah she does a great job uh the it's fourth oscar was for best original screenplay for patty chayefsky um also a sad note finch peter finch who played howard beale had a weak heart and was already dealing with stuff at the time like the role was pretty taxing on him well i can yeah all he, he actually, does is scream and pass he, out he died in january of 77 from a heart attack jesus he felt he, was, he collapsed in the lobby of the beverly hills hotel so the oscar he won was awarded posthumously oh oh those of you who might be hearing our assistant producer yeah so he hang on he's very upset about Peter Finch. He's fine, yeah. Yeah. So uh, Finch, like I said, died uh, before the ceremony in the spring of 77 and won the award posthumously. He was the only performer to win a posthumous Oscar until Heath Ledger. Which I was going to say, for, Heath Ledger. For the Joker. Uh, it was nominated for six more Oscars. Best Actor for William Holden, Best Supporting Actor for Ned Beatty, who's just amazing. Yeah, Peter Holden, I mean, uh, Bill Holden, Holden, no. So, yeah. Uh, best Cinematography for Owen Roisman. Best film editing that for, I could see. for Alan Heim, which I get. The, the editing is fantastic. Yes. Best director, Sidney Lumet, and best picture, yes. producer Howard Godfrey. Uh, why does Sidney Lumet sound like... Well, I know that I've seen a jillion You have seen a ton things. of Sidney Lumet movies. Let me list just a few of them for Please. you. Please. Uh, Sidney Lumet... Because I didn't look them up. He directed 12 Angry Men yes. in 1957. Serpico. Yes. 73. Dog Day Afternoon. Before the Devil Knows You're Dead. Tons of great movies throughout the amazing career. Uh, hold on. Uh, he also Dude. he also wrote a memoir in 1996 called Making Movies that is one of the best books about film production because he's a good writer and a really gifted director. So he writes honestly about how movies get made. Yes. Why did you just cross your eyes and make a face at me like that? <laughs> That's hurtful. That's disrespectful. I'm gonna. I don't care that we don't. I'm gonna just tell people what happened. Rolling your eyes at me. I tell you what. It's a great book. I can totally cut this out. Oh, so. you can. <laughs> So, um, so yeah, Sidney Lumet did a ton of great stuff um, and was rightfully nominated for Best Director. Uh, the movie starts out so shaggy in 70s, like low lighting, natural lighting, you know, much more intimate setups. And as it goes, it becomes more locked down and rigid and tight and glaring and bright. It's yes. just, it's very well made. Yes. What was I going to say before you interrupted me? Sidney Lumet shit you're asking how he sounded familiar and i said oh serpico i was gonna say serpico yeah i have okay so uh one of my uh family's good friends um was married he passed away he has passed away she is still alive thank god um uh, her husband wrote serpico and um actually during the movie uh in uh bill holden's apartment I'm like, I turn to Daniel, I'm like, does this not look like Suzanne's apartment? Like, yeah. could this be Suzanne's apartment? It kind of freaked me out a It's got bit. that very just New York apartment vibe, especially the 70s. No, but this and, one, because yeah. it was It's huge, big. It's a big apartment. Huge. Yeah. Uh, Max Schumacher and his wife are doing okay in New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for his job. But those big, Fourth rate network the or no. big old apartments where the elevator mm -hmm. opens into the, it's just one like you have the whole floor it's just one apartment mm -hmm. and then and you walk around and there's like maids rooms and there's all these different you know twisty turns that's our friend's apartment and it's so 
it's just so old New York it's and great. I love it. And it's so great. when, when they went to his apartment, I was like, Oh, I feel I like, and there's tons mm-hmm. of bookshelves and books stuffed everywhere. Yeah. And that was just like her apartment. And it made me feel very at home. I was like, Oh yeah. Yeah. This is the New York that I like. And you even see a contrast in that when, uh, when he moves out and is, is living with Faye Dunaway for a while. The, yeah, that place she's got is, the mod place. It's mod. It's devoid of books, of any sense of hominess or welcome. It's just cold, and there's like a TV in her bedroom, and like it doesn't feel like a human lives there. Yes. You know, it's yes. really great. Uh, also, a little trivia for you. This movie won three of the four acting Oscars. Only one other movie has done that, a movie you like, called A Streetcar Named Desire. <gasps> that is one of my favorites. Yeah, so... I'm trying to decide... It was a very well-lauded movie. I almost, uh, last week, showed Daniel Sunley last summer, um, which is a Tennessee Williams. I am... You love Tennessee Williams. ...obsessed with Tennessee Williams. I think that in a past life, I must have been some sort of Southern Gothic queen, because any author like Kate Chopin... Tennessee Williams, people like that. I just, they're writing. I'm like, oh, yes. I feel like I should just like get a fan and be out on the bio. Like, oh, my, everything is just. She's fanning herself right I'm now. I'm fanning myself. It's just all, it's all too much. And I'm, oh, it's just heavens. So, yes, Streetcar Named Desire. It's too one hot of the, today for me to ignore the, the, the fire in my loins. Yeah. Oh, my. Whoa. The, uh, I, highly recommend that movie if you've never seen it because Marlon Brando great is one. so good. He's great. He's so good. Stella. He's so good. So good. And I totally, as a feminist, and uh, I, I, sh- I should be like, he's a horrible beast. But let me tell you something. We all, uh, we all get it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we all know what's up. I like how you turned conspiratorial. Like, hey, podcast listener, come a little closer. Ladies. What's up with Marlon Brando? Ladies, <laughs> come on now. I'm giving. I'm gonna give two of our shout outs to two of our awesome patrons, uh, Christina Acuna and Tammy Cerny. You guys know what I'm talking about, <laughs> right? You're you're with me. Welcome back to our podcast. How hot was Marlon Brando? Well, I'm just saying. How hot was Marlon Brando? How hot was that? How hot was that character? And how hot was he playing it? And he rips his shirt. Just he was just pure animal. Mm-hmm. And listen, we all want a little animal. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if it's male or female or or uh, non-binary or I, we all we all want a little animal. Yep. And yes, sometimes I mean the puppet. Sometimes we just want to watch him playing the drums. <laughs> This, I just got this middle injured animal smiling and beating on his drums and just living his life. Yeah. That guy had it figured out. Yeah. He totally did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, awesome. I, had, I had to put that in there. So I'm glad that let – me, let me tell you things I'm glad about. I'm glad that I showed you Network, and I'm glad that we waited a little bit to chat about it. 
Yeah. I knew going in that it would be a dark. It's a dark, tough movie. It's a it's a dark satire. Um, uh, it's 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 tough. Um, yeah. But I knew it would be, or I'd hoped it would be, and I think it was worth it to see a well-made movie and think about it from that perspective of like, oh, because this is the second time we've we've jumped back a few decades. You know? And I'm glad. I don't want this to just be the 80s and 90s movie Exactly. Hour. The, the, one of the cool things I loved about The Russians Are Coming, The Russians Are Coming, was thinking, oh my God, what was happening in 66, you know? And how did this reflect the time yes. and what did it say? So like when you think about network, like what was happening in 76 and what did this mean? What was happening in movies, in culture, in TV, in news, in media? And what did this say? I'll tell you what was happening. My mom was pregnant with me. Hey, yo. Yes, she was. Greatest thing to come out of the 70s, y'all. Mm-hmm. Yep. Tracy Carlson. Yep. You're welcome, world. Yeah, I was... I'm... I brought a little color. Mm-hmm. The 70s did get brighter there at the end. Uh, they did. Because you showed up. And I just like... exploded out in a mm-hmm. ra- big rainbow and mm-hmm. said, Hello, world! That's what you did. It's 1977. Let's get some shit started. It's no accident that you and Star Wars came in the same year. No, it is not. Mm-hmm. It, ha- it had to be that way. It had to be that way. Like the planets aligned. Indeed. So, so I I see where you're coming from. I think all your observations and reactions are 100% great and valid and really good. Uh, And I was really glad I got to show you this movie. I feel heard. Thank you. Do it. Yeah. Up tip. Boom. Uh, It's it's a really it's a really strong and well made movie. And I like watching it and revisiting it and just thinking about what went into making it and what it was trying to say at the time and how it had to just the way it tried to break through. Yeah, just be dialogue. just be in the right headspace to watch it. Don't be a uh, full moon crazy. Nope. Don't be depressed. Don't have a headache. Don't just go like feel like, hey, you know what? I I am feeling uh, emotionally stable enough to watch a really fucking crazy, depressing, mm-hmm. um, gray, dark seventies movie. Dark seventies movie. Yeah, and then and then you'll get it. And like I said, again, and again, and again, and again, I said this last night, I get it, 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 I get it. Um, Do you get I it? I get everything that they, that our producers just wandering the halls. Um, I get exactly what they were saying. I think it was unbelievably, um, what's the word, prescient? Yeah. For its prescient. T- prescient for its time. Oh well, my I'm so sorry. Prescient for its time, mm-hmm. um, and uh, God bless for that because I think they needed it. But um, yeah. you know, watching yeah. it now, I'm like, yeah. So, mm-hmm. well, what have you got for me now? And again, I say uh, it's nothing new. Uh, um, what's his name? Oh, the newspaper magnate, Hearst. Hearst was doing this back, way, way back when newspapers were, were big. He was looking for the next big thing. He was like, what in the hell is she doing? I don't know. Where is she? I don't know. Our producer is now in the, uh, production room working on production things also known as her crate yes <laughs> she's something else i'll tell you she's what she's been the worst producer ever i think we may demote her for next season who else do we have on staff uh hercules has been yelling for the job he's pretty good i mean he's got his opinions mm-hmm. um 
Oh, oh yeah. So Hearst, you know, they were always looking for for the scandal. They mm -hmm. would promote, and that's and people ate it up. That's where people. Yep. That was that was the plot of Newsies. That. Oh my God. Okay. Well, <laughs> anyway, what I'm saying is this is not new. No. It's not. It's just that this was the first time it had been. Um, I guess, well, no, I mean, I really think War of the Worlds is the first time mm -hmm. where we showed that you could you could drive people to madness, you know, just by sure. the airwaves. Um, I think you said something really, really awesome earlier, like toward the beginning of the episode about the internet. Like, the reason this plays so differently today is because you're like, oh yeah, duh, I know this. Like, to make this movie today, it would have to be about the internet. Yeah. And it would have to be even further out and more dark and satirical. Because they've already done this shit on That's the internet. The yeah, people like, killing themselves. People, yeah. they did that whole, what was her, Nowhere Girl or whatever the fuck where that oh girl. Oh my God, I remember that. What was it? it wasn't Nowhere Girl. It was no, I can't remember oh what it was. Oh my God. But, you know, she pretended to be that girl that was in a culty religion and got kidnapped Yeah, and all that, that was that like stuff. the first, that was like oh five oh six. It was like the, yeah. one of the early examples of like, manipulating the, the medium because people are like what's happening but it was just like marketing for something no yeah it was and just we all her, felt super taken it was her it was a it was a whole thing oh my god i think it was she nowhere was girl actress, nowhere girl yeah i watched it i was really into it i'm like oh my gosh this is crazy and la 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 um i was also totally into her that? friend yeah i think it was her friend no it was the guy that they met later what's up what's he doing i need to look that up you went on a whole little journey there didn't you well you know me Hormones running amok. Mm -hmm. Are you still looking it up? I am, because I don't think it was Nowhere Girl. But it that's wasn't Nowhere so Girl. I, I'm close, but I'm not. I can't think of. What I think it there was, was like a 15 in it somewhere. If there was a 15 in it. Lost Girl. Lost Girl. That's probably what it was. Well, our 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 three listeners will tell us. Um, Lonely Girl. Lonely. Stop yelling Sorry, into I got the excited. microphone. I got excited. And again, someone has crashed into a median. I did have an email that said when Daniel laughed, uh, she almost crashed into a median. Lonely Girl 15, June 16th, 06 to August 1st of 08. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Initially pretended to be an authentic YouTube video diary or vlog, the show gained wide media attention when it was revealed as fictional in September of 06. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. That was such was a weird time. I was like obsessed with it. It was crazy. Yeah. So that was a, that was a really weird time. But that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. So there you go. Um, Sorry, I yelled. Yeah, I got excited. Uh, anyway, um, so network, I guess watch it. You know, watch it because it's a classic. Yeah, it's you're not gonna kick kick back after work on a Friday and be like, oh man, here comes the weekend. Let's watch network. Unless you're it's, my husband. Maybe me. Um, it's definitely a dark, uh, challenging movie. But if you're in the right headspace for it, I think you'll enjoy it or get something out of it. Okay. Appreciate it. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I get, uh, sure. I mean, I get it. That's, I'm just, that, that's literally, I, mm -hmm. I think that may be just my title of the show. I get it. I get it. I get it. Um, which feels like kind of a bummer to end the season on, but at the same time, they're not all going to be, uh, holy crap, I love this movie. And then we sit here and just squeal about it. Um, I think that it's important. I think it's important to know that not all important movies are a good or b worth watching. Exactly. Plus, to, 
to me personally, there is a there is a gap. All of your film critic friends are going, what? Why did he marry her? No. Uh, a movie's quote unquote being classic and whether or not you enjoy it, two completely unrelated things. Yes. Like, I th- like one of the most classic movies in American cinema is Gone with the Wind. I didn't like it. Nope, he did not. I watched it. I was like, I get it. I get it. I don't care about this. Yeah. She's terrible. She's horrible. Why is no one talking about how horrible she is? Oh. He was right to leave her. He should have done it sooner. Uh, yeah. I was like, this is so like, yeah, but Gone with the Wind. saved Tara. Am I going to deny that Gone with the Wind is a classic of filmmaking, scope, storytelling, achievement? No, I'm not going to deny those things. Do I want to watch it? Never again in my life. Yeah, and see, it's one of my favorites. Exactly. So that's that's what I love. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Isn't that great? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what they have in that movie? Color. Yeah. Do you, this movie was in color. <laughs> You'd never know it. You're hurtful. <laughs> You'd never know it. The 70s were a dark time. The 70s fucking sucked. Everyone was like fuzzy and beige and everything was avocado and <laughs> brown. And although, although, sorry about that. There's this one painting or or tapestry or something it's a painting it's a painting Mm -hmm. in um uh robert duvall's office that is one of the most beautiful i'll I'll find a screen cap of it it's one of the most beautiful things i've ever seen in my life and if i could get a copy of it or some i would it is so the minute i saw it the first time i saw it it was just for this like brief moment when it was Mr. Ruddy's office before he was fired, mm-hmm. the head of the entire, uh, head of UBS. Um, and I saw it and I was like, oh, uh, and maybe it was just because it was color and I just got excited. But then I looked at it more and then I'm trying to figure, then I was trying to figure out how I could, how I could like copy it because it's so fucking beautiful. Yeah, you there are it. no words. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> yeah, she spoke up. She was quiet for most of the movie. And not the quiet where you're like, she's enraptured by this. The quiet of like, this is not going well. Uh, but like she piped up like three times, one of which would be like, that's a great painting. I'm like, I know. So Yeah, yeah. I love that painting. I love that apartment. Anyway, When done. was The Godfather, before this or after? Before, okay. I love this apartment. Mm-hmm. And then it ended. And I was like, well, right. I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, no, so I think I also tried to figure out which one was William Holden because they were all just old men, old craggy dudes, old craggy dudes, and I'm like, okay, well, mm-hmm. okay. Um, but Robert Duvall does play his role. He's to great, perfection. Robert Duvall, and uh, and I think it's an excellent reason for you to see The Godfather. I expect everyone who listens to this podcast to have seen The Godfather one and two before season two. Yep. It's your homework. That's your homework. It's assigned homework. Yes. Just watch it. Um, we are, so we are going to be taking a break. We're not going to be gone completely because we plan on doing special, obviously, special Halloween episodes, maybe one or two. I don't know if we're going to do one where we both do we're not a movie sure yet. Yeah. or two. I don't know. And then we're also going to do a special episode in November and a special episode in December. Something like that, yeah. We'll Maybe be around. We'll be back in January or we'll be back in December. I don't know. We yeah. We're just taking a bit of a, in a season break. Season break. Mm-hmm. Um, but we will not be gone. Nope. And we will still be posting and we'll still be doing mini-sodes. I do know that one of the things we'll be doing in November is 
uh, Price will be in town for Thanksgiving, and we are going to do a John Wick 2 and 3 minisode. Ooh, I didn't know about that. That's fun. Yes. Cool. We're going to do a 2 and 3 minisode with guest host Price Manford, which so we're very excited about. So you need to see 2. I need to see 2 and 3. And 3, yeah. Yes. So I'm very excited about that. Um so cool. yeah, you'll you'll still be hearing from us. It just won't be weekly for just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll be right. And I want to give um, a shout out again to our amazing patrons who have helped us out. Christina Acuna, who's also Cactus Music. Um, we love you. You are like our reason for for doing this. Shop at Cactus, everybody in Shop Houston. Shop at Cactus. Shop at Cactus. Or go online. I'm sure they've got stuff online. Just yeah. call them and they'll send it to you. Drive to Houston They're and shop at Cactus. amazing. Just stop complaining already. Oh my gosh, stop it, really. Um, and uh, Tammy Cerny, who is uh, an awesome woman and married to a fantastic film critic, Alan Cerny. Mm-hmm. Um, very good friends of ours and awesome people. And Steve Kendrick, you are such a badass we don't even know you and you are one of our patrons and we love you and we're giving you a shout out everybody find steve kendrick and give him a big old hug because he is a patron of how have you not seen this gracias steve love him thanks dude um so i guess we do hell yes now let's do some hell yes you want me to go first yeah because i've already forgotten mine okay so i'm gonna give you a minute to try and recall We talked about it for like 30 minutes I know, before, and then I got all before the show. Okay. <laughs> oh, uh, fuck. Okay. okay. Go ahead. Maybe we'll like stop the recording and re record when you remember. Yeah, it. go ahead. Um, we may pause. My Hell Yeah is a comedy show that is on Netflix called Toast of London. I want I, I recommend this. <laughs> yes. It stars Matt Berry, a very recognizable British comedian and actor. Damn these electric sex pants. She's not being weird. That's a line he no, says in I've, the IT crowd. I I've know. put it on in one of our so, episodes. Uh, it is a British show, which means the seasons are nice and short. Each season is just six episodes because of the way they do shows over there. Yep. So all three seasons are on Netflix, and it's a half-hour show. So, I mean, that's 18 episodes tops. It's a nice, nice fun thing. It starts off one level of... Uh, funny and surreal and just gets crazier and weirder as it goes uh matt berry plays Stephen toast a not very good stage actor and screen actor and occasional voiceover artist in london who thinks he's really good and succeeding but is just like never had really any career to speak of but is very egotistical and stuck up uh and it's just his perfect for matt berry yeah his misadventures throughout the london scene and the awful things he does so it's on netflix toast of london I definitely recommend that, so check it out. Okay, hang on just a second. All right, sorry about that. I, well, I mean, I guess not sorry because there wasn't any pause for you, but I like to, I could, literally could not think of a hell yeah, which just kind of made me sad. No, um, no. No, I mean, I just, I don't know. Yeah. I talked, I don't know. I can't think of it. I've think blanked of, on weeks before. Um, But I thought of one, well, I wanted to say that that I was excited that Spain has banned um, the torture of the stabbing and torture of bulls, but apparently you can still pour gasoline on them alive and light them on fire. So fuck you, Spain. Thanks, Spain. Um, but my hell yeah is that one of my all-time favorite bands, Keen, uh, their new album Cause and Effect is coming out on September twentieth. And I am super jacked about that. And I can't wait for them to tour because I will be front row, like, 
oh my gosh. And if you want to buy the album and you live in Houston, hey, Cactus do we music. have the place for you? Cactus music. Cactus music. I assume we'll be stocking Keen's new album mm-hmm. uh, in CD and I'm sure vinyl. Probably. These kids and their vinyl today. With their records and their hip with their their records parties and their... And their hip hop. Yeah, I can't even keep up with the kids. I can't. You know I can't. No, my, like for real, I don't know what Stan means. It means you love something to an insane degree. It doesn't make any goddamn sense. It's from the Eminem song Stan. I explained this to you already. Yes, but I don't like it because I don't understand it. Because his I don't stand anything. I know. I love it. First or of I all, like it. no one should say it. It's dumb. But he Eminem has a song <laughs> called Stan about a very obsessed yeah, fan. Is that like named, an old oh, song? Oh, yeah. Then it's, why is this all of a sudden a thing? It started years ago. Like Eminem had a song named Stan, called Stan. Uh, it was set to Thank You by Dido, and it was about an obsessive fan oh! named about an obsessive fan named Stan who got who wrote him progressively angrier right. and no, crazier I know. You letters. Told, you told me, but I so still like, think Stan. Kids, you sound really fucking stupid when you say that you stand something. Okay, you sound so stupid. You sound really stupid. Yeah. Now we've had ours. We've had many things. I used to say doy, so I can't say anything really. But I'm gonna tell you, as a grown up and. Uh, someone who has seen a lot of shit, you sound like a jackass. Did you say doy or no doy? No doy or doy. I mean, we'd say doy. Did you say doy or duh? Doy. Or duh. duh. I mean, both. Mm. I don't know. That's the elementary school divide right there. Well, also, I'm five years older than you are. No doy. Uh, Yeah, so you sound like jackasses. Yep, you're stupid. You don't stand anything. I don't stand that. I'll tell you what you could stand to do is get a haircut, you hippies. You could stop screaming into the microphone. I apologize for the I'm going to tell you guys that uh, next season we're going to work on that. Maybe by next season we'll have a mixer... And I think for I next will, season, I'm just going to stand across the room and, I will have and just learned, shout my opinions. I may, I may get like a sound engineer degree or something. I don't know. Uh, she, made, she did a little turntable. No, I did a little mixing <laughs> thing with my hands. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> wiki, wiki. People are missing out not having video on this. You really are. Because I'm very, I'm very, and of course I saw my mom the other night and she does the same thing. So we know where I get it. Yeah. Oh, I know of another hell yeah. I got to see my beautiful sister-in-law and I was very happy. Mm-hmm. My sister-in-law Sally was in town with her awesome mom, Jill, and I got to see them and I rarely get to see them and it made me super, super happy. Um, and... Uh, and I get to see my beautiful, wonderful mother-in-law and father-in-law next weekend. So, family, if you like yours, hang out with them. If you don't, then don't. There you go. Guess what? You don't have to. Mm-hmm. I don't know why we're ending the season like this. I just want you to know. This one got weird. Well, it's us. <laughs> I know. We were due for a weird one. I'm really, tr- <laughs> we really were. I'm really trying to think of a song. I really think that we're going to have to go out on Video Killed the Radio Star. Yep. Mm-hmm. Because that's like the Because there's no TV killed the TV star. Yeah. So. There's no uh, radio killed the newspaper star. No. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll do that. Newspaper killed the telegraph star. We'll go with the buggles. Telegraph killed the written letter star. Uh-huh. We get it. Written letter okay. killed the... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's put the horses back in the barn here. We're done. It's too late. <laughs> it's too late. We love you guys so much, and we love you for hanging in there with us. I think we had 15 episodes in toto. 
Sounds right. Um, and you hung in there with us for all of them. And you've done reviews of them, which is so rad. And you've talked them up. And I think we've introduced people to some new movies. Mm-hmm. We've introduced each other to some new movies. Yep. And Like Network. Like Network. Um, and uh, and we're excited about um, we're excited about this fall and and bringing you some minisodes and stuff and we're very excited about getting ready for season dose exactly which is two in Spanish and she didn't even major in another language no. that's how good she is Daniel's learning French for our upcoming trip to France would you like to say what two is in French Dieu there you go so stay I had tuned a moment of panic where I was like. Dieu. I was like, wait, what's two? I had to think for a it's minute. Two. Yeah. Yeah. But then I was like, oh yeah, Hot Shots part deux. We love you guys. Bye, everybody. Never change. Bye.